let us pray. Oh, Lord, we ask that you would speak to us as only you can speak to us. We ask that the words of our mouths and the meditations of all of our hearts would be acceptable to you, thou who art our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Wow. I, I don't really don't know. I've changed this sermon three times. I think the last two times I've preached here, I've changed the sermon. Um, and so we will, I, I, think we, I think at one point, I just said to the church secretary, put a text in because God is still working. And I hope that you really believe and know that God can change everything because God is God. And I, I wouldn't be true to myself. I know that the letter went out. I got this word from the presbytery that a letter was going out this weekend. And so my heart is sorrowful for the congregation. There are no winners in a situation like this. But God is still good. Amen. Who's good? God is good. Okay. And so you, you like, I mean, how, what do you preach when you come into a situation like this? Well, you preach God. And so that's what I'm going to do. I don't know all the story. I don't want to know all the story. My goal as a guest speaker is to preach God is good all the time and all the time God is good. This is what we do in a black church. So I'm going to say God is good all the time. And then you say all the time, God is good. I'm going to try it again. God is good all the time. Okay. And when you are about to get into it with somebody, now I've told you this before. When I'm about to say an ardent godly word to my teenager, help me, Lord. 50-year-olds should not be raising teenagers, okay? <laughs> I've learned to say you are kind and you are sweet and you are loving. Because that calms me down. So when you're about to go at it, God is good all the time and all the time God is good. And it will just diffuse. We just got to remember that we all love God. And God is bigger than any problem. You understand? Any problem, any situation, God is bigger and God is better. So the text and the theme for this morning is there is victory in the valley. There is victory in the valley. I love the fact that we have some jokes that we can share in worship. Can I share with you a joke? It's a joke about a doctor. And a doctor says to the patient, I have some bad news and I have some worse news. So the patient says, let me have it. And the doctor says, the bad news is that you only have 24 hours to live. And the patient says, I can't imagine that there would be anything worse than that. And the doctor says, I forgot to tell you yesterday. <laughs> the mountain versus the valley. The mountain versus the valley. I have been blessed as a Presbyterian uh, pastor and as a young adult in, in the presbytery of traveling all over the world on behalf of the church. I know you all have done a lot of traveling. There are many opportunities to travel 
Um, we have groups that are going from the denomination all the time, and there's even financial support. If you go on behalf of the National Church, you can talk to me about that. I love the mountains. I love the text that says, look to the hills from which cometh our help. Know that all of our help comes from the Lord who created heaven and the earth. But then I also love the Lord's Prayer. And then I also love the 23rd Psalm. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I should fear no evil, for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. And so I want to talk about the, the two different places that I think we live, the, the mountain and the valley. Can we talk about that for just a moment? Who loves the mountains? Oh, my goodness. This time of year, it is so beautiful. I travel um, to Cumberland and Hagerstown. Um, I've been up the road three. I'm going back. I was there twice last week, and I'm going tomorrow night to Cumberland. And I think I, I plan my own schedule at work, and I think it's because it's so beautiful this time of year that I really um, plan my schedule to code, just, just to see the beautiful changings. I had the opportunity of um, traveling to Jordan. And while I was traveling to Jordan, I was able to go up on the mountain where Moses looked over into the promised land. Man, was that something. And then I had the opportunity. Anyone ever been to Brazil? Been to Brazil and almost having a heart attack going up those 2,000 stairs to go to the Christ statue. I had the opportunity to go to Uguasu Falls and see all the beautiful waterfalls, one of the seven wonders of the world. I love the mountains. I've been to, anyone been to our retreat center in North Carolina? So, so beautiful. Even Massanutten, anyone been to Massanutten? We're going to take a field trip, church. These are beautiful places. Massanutten, we have some beautiful retreat centers within our denomination, and Massanutten is one that is very, very beautiful, and we call it Massanutta Springs. There's something that, that just happens when we get to that mountain. But I'm sure you've had a mountain experience. Can you think of something that happened in your life that was like unbelievable? Maybe it was your wedding. Maybe it was the news of a birth and you've been struggling to have children. Maybe it was your grandchild that, you know, spoke for the first time or your niece that performed and just had two words in a play and you just thought they were going to get an Emmy. I don't know what it was. We've all had these experiences, yes, of, 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 of nothing but pure joy, of not seeing any problems, but only seeing pleasure, of not seeing any trials, but only seeing triumph, of not seeing any burdens, but only seeing blessings. That's what the mountain gives us. And during this transfiguration, Jesus is with three of his disciples, and they want to stay up on the mountain. And Jesus is like, we can't. Our job is down in the valley. You see, the mountain experience is for them to believe that God was God and that God could do anything and all things. And so they did not know what was going down the road before them. I mean, a year ago, a year ago, my life has turned two, three times upside down in a year. You never know, but you must always be preparing. And the preparation is in prayer 
and in humbleness and in loving God, knowing God will be victorious even in the valley. And so our time is spent. I know that we have had good times, bad times, times when you've had mud in your pocket and times when you've had a hole in your pocket, times when you've been healthy and feeling good and times when you can't get out of bed, times when your children are safe and times when you worry. I mean, I can't go to sleep until I make sure my children are in the house. It's going to be a long time of sleepless nights for me. Time when your marriage is great and times when your marriage is falling apart. Times when your children listen and obey and times when they act as if they have lost their God-forsaken mind. <laughs> it doesn't matter whether you are in the mountain or the valley, God is with us. I love 1 Kings, the 20th chapter, verses 27 through 28. You see, it says, the children of Israel were numbered, and they were all present, and they went up against them. The children of Israel pitched before them like two little flocks of kids. But the Syrians filled the entire countryside. You see, the enemy had said, well, God is a God of the mountain, but that Israel's God was not a God of the valley. And so God decided he was going to show up and show out. He was going to let them know that he was a God of the valley and a God of the mountain and a God of everything. And the text says again that Israel was like a flock of two little kids and the Syrians filled the entire countryside. And then God said, I'm going to show that I am a God of the hills, but I am also a God of the valley. And the text says that they killed off the Syrians 100,000 footmen in a day. 100,000 footmen, this little flock. And so this God that we love, whatever's going on in this church, who can fix it? Who can fix it? God can fix it in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. And if you believe it, you will receive it. There's enough fighting going on between the, the, the Clintons and Trump to last all of us a lifetime. I will be so glad when it's over. I will be so glad when it's over. But a valley, in the valley, is where we do our work. We get our inspiration from the mountain, being with God. But it's in the valley, just like in the transfiguration text, where Jesus says, no, we cannot stay up here. There are times we know when Jesus had to get away from the people, didn't he? After uh, He's got to go up the mountain. He's got to go on the hill because I'm sure those folk drove him crazy. How long? How many times do I have to say it before you fully understand? And so it is the valley where we have our victory. The valley is where we have our victory. We know there are many, many opportunities for us to be triumphant in the mountain. All we have to do is look at Abraham and when he went up to Mount Horeb. Moses, who went up the mount to get the Ten Commandments. Even David was victorious in the valley. They said that Goliath would, was too big to hit, but David said Goliath was too big 
to miss. Let me say that again. That's important. That's an amen course. People would say the problem is too big for us to solve. But God says the problem is too big not to solve. You look at somebody big, Goliath. I can't beat Goliath because he's so big. And God says, wait a minute, with you and me, oh, you can throw something at that Goliath because he is too big for you to miss. So I don't care how bad a thrower you are. I don't care if you aren't athletic. You can run a mile. I don't care if you're in a stream. People that come into difficult situations are able to do miraculous things. Haven't we heard of a car turning over and people being able to go up and, put, and lift the car up? Yes? People that don't know how to swim are able to make it through a stream? We say that God can do all things, but do we believe that God can do all things? We say that our God is a miracle God, but do we really think that he can turn wine into water? Do we really believe it? If we believe it, then everybody's mind will be different when we leave here today if you believe it. If you truly believe that God is good all the time. That's right. And if you truly believe that you can be victorious in the valley, then I don't care what's going on in your life, going on with your body, anybody's body fighting against you. Anybody got one of those long, I mean, there was a time when I had a little pill container, I mean, like this small, and then if you got the big long ones now, anybody got double-deckers? Uh-huh, no, huh <laughs> Double-deckers. You got one for breakfast, lunch, and did those big boxes at Walmart. Uh-huh, yep, I had to get one. I got I to gotta get a checkup. I got to change my mind. The last thing I want to say about the mountain. Huh. I love flying. You know when you're flying and you're coming into Baltimore and you try to figure out where you are, and it looks so, and it's difficult because you're up so high or, or flying maybe to, I was going to say Las Vegas, but y'all don't go to Las Vegas. Um, I know, right. Um, and you see the beautiful mountains as you're coming in. Isn't it so beautiful? You can't see the trash. You can't see abandoned homes. All you see is beauty. And there's a story about a man who lived in the valley, and he just longed to go up to the mountain just to see what it would look like. And he finally was able to do it, and going up the mountain, you know, you know how it is when you, you, you fall and you get um, stick of bushes in you and like me, you see all those bugs and you pray that you don't see any snakes. And <laughs> when he finally got to the top and he looked down, he could see the streams that were in the valley. And he could see some of the, the homes as he was walking up. And, and he says, wow, this, this gives me a different perspective. It just gives us a different perspective, church. It allows us to, to know that our problems, we're bigger than the problem. You are bigger than the sickness. You are bigger than the medical diagnosis. 
Your children are better than when you sit with the teachers and they tell you your child has this issue and that issue. Your child is bigger and better than that. We have a, a, a magnificent, powerful God. And we go to that mountain and you look down at this church, you should see God. You should see God and you should see a loving people that love God. We have all fallen short. But God, when God looks at us, God has to see love. Don't you forgive your children when they say things to you? Don't they forgive you? Haven't you forgiven your husband or your wife? Your siblings? Your parents that may not have done the right by you growing up? Don't we, don't we forgive? The best challenge of forgiveness is being able to do it when you don't want to do it. I've had many people that have hurt me, and I have spent sleepless nights letting them rent space in my mind for free. And I woke up one day and said, get out. You're evicted. So evict whatever it is in your brain that is not of God. Give it an eviction. Tell it, give it an eviction. The next time your husband brings it, evict it. Don't say Reverend Brown said, evict it. There is so much love. And I know it's hard when you don't feel good. But on the other side, the other side, I'm going to tell you the, the preaching and the prayers that all of you will have are going to be amazing. And I stand here as someone who's been through a many a valley experience. And I'm telling you, the victory in the valley is sweeter than the view from the mountain. I'm telling you. Because it's when your faith is tested and you have to lean on God and trust in God and believe in God. Mm, powerful. Our God is a good God. Our God is a great God. Our God can do everything but fail. If God could bring nations together, I'm a part of an organization that says no permanent enemies, no permanent friends. One minute we, we love the mayor of Baltimore City, and the next minute we have to challenge her. There are times when I remember the one and only time I got beat up was in the fifth grade. That's the only fight I've ever had. And this girl started beating me up, and my brother and sister were standing there. I'm like, help me, help me, help me, help me. But she really wanted to be my friend. What a weird way. And after that, you know, we've been like this. She just didn't know how to approach me. I don't know. It's a Dr. Phil show, maybe. <laughs> if you could hear just one last thing. Our God can handle any problem you have. Our God, your God, just like he's handled other problems in your life. Anyone had a problem that God was able to be victorious over? Okay. You're going to have a problem next year. Is God going to be able to overcome it? Yep. Is God going to be able to give you a problem to a solution you have two years from now? Yes. And this is preparation time. And maybe the issues that you all are having right now at this church are so that you can be victorious of something that's happening five years from now. 
God is always preparing us for something. Maybe something's going to happen in this community, and this church needs to be the beacon of hope. This, is, this was not in my text. This is God speaking. You have got to live loving God, knowing that God is in charge and God has a purpose. And Proverbs 3 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lead not to your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways and he will direct your path. God bless you.